A recent survey of more than 13,000 recipients found that 44% of people said that they've reduced the time that they spent with a friend because they didn't like her partner. So what do you do if your best friend and your husband don't get along? In this episode, it'll be a little more casual as I have a conversation with Lori Agbaji-Williams, who is a British-Nigerian author of the book, The Three of Us, which is a fiction story that takes place over the course of one day that talks about a woman who has a husband and best friend who don't like each other. And we are reading this this month for book club, and the author herself will be there in the space with us during discussion. You can find your invitation to join us in the show notes. And so in today's episode of the Friend Forward podcast, enjoy a little bit of my conversation with Ori and then stay tuned because at the very end of the episode, I'll give you three tips of what you can do if you find yourself stuck in the middle. Here we go. Welcome to the Friend Forward podcast powered by betterfemalefriendships.com. I'm Danielle Byer-Jackson, a friendship coach, educator, and author of the upcoming book, Fighting for Our Friendships. And it's my job to share the science of women's conflict and connection. So when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding these kinds of relationships, I am here to help you through it. Okay, I am so excited to have you here on the Friend Forward podcast because this book, this book has people chatting and I need to know the details. So first of all, thank you so much for being a guest on the Friend Forward podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, this book has people chatting for a lot of different reasons. One is the contents. Another is the ending. Another is because it resonates with a lot of us in our own issues with kind of navigating our romantic partner and our friends and how does that work. So we spoke in the intro to listeners about the book itself and the plot. But can you tell us what inspired this book? Hilariously, it was a conversation with my best friend. I had just started seeing someone and I was telling her, I really like him and all this kind of stuff. And she was, she kind of like mockingly, half jokingly said, oh, now you're going to get a boyfriend. I'm never going to get to see you. And I was like, what kind of rubbish? I was like, he's going to have to understand that you come first because that's my, that's my girl. And, and then it made me think, oh, actually, what would be the situation? Like, how would it work if that was a real situation in which a best friend and a partner really did not get along and how that dynamic maybe would unfold? And then the story just sort of came from there. Interesting. I mean, because it's a hot topic, I mean, just in real life, but also on social media. So I don't know. Are you are you a TikTok girly? Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm a TikTok girly. Oh, yeah. That was that was my lifeline during lockdown. <laughs> okay, good. So I'm in good company. Yes. I feel like this topic specifically gets so much engagement and, and it's so interesting to read the comments and see, wait, where are people with this? Because you have people who are like, hey, your you know, spouse, especially when you get married, they come first. That you made this commitment, they come first. Then you have others who are like, I'm sorry, but my friends were here first. And while I definitely love my boo, my girls come first. And so it's kind of interesting to see the discourse around how to prioritize that. And, and what kind of themes do you see when you study this discourse? What are the points that you kind of hear on both sides? The point on the side of Team Temi, if we're going to listen to Brother Timmy's best friend, is maybe, maybe I'm going to say 30 to 40% of people that I talk about the book with and they are people who I think, like like you said, she was there first. She's the friend. She knows her best friend better than anybody else. And, you know, at least she speaks her mind. At least she's honest. And then the other, let's say, like, 60 to 70% say that Temi is a psychopath. And I've had one person call her a witch, which was hilarious. 
People are just like, she is overstepping. She does not respect the marriage. She does not respect her friend. I think they definitely see the idea of her overstepping her boundaries in the friendship and therefore intruding on the marriage as not respecting her friend at all either. And they see that as kind of a control thing. And I think also that maybe there's like 10% of people who think that it's because the wife doesn't know who she is and she shaped herself around her friend and then her husband. And so she kind of, she's kind of like this blank slate and she doesn't know who she is. But then that's where this clash comes in because she hasn't shaped herself. She's let outside forces do it. And so this friendship can seem either toxic because she's allowed it to be this way, or it can seem like this is someone who loves her and is trying to protect her. Yeah. I mean, you said so many good things and it is kind of tough, right? Because you know that both people care about you and they're both telling you that the things they're sharing with you, the way they're advising you is because they have your best interests at heart. But when it comes to your, you know, allegiance, when it comes to your loyalty in terms of who you share information with and who gets your time and who should be understanding and back down and concede when you want to go, it's really, really tricky to navigate. You know, you said that this was kind of influenced by you kind of entering a romantic partnership and your friend kind of having that moment of, Oh no, here we go. Am I going to lose my girl? When you have other women who come to you and say, I've been in a similar situation, what kind of insights do you share with a woman who feels like, I feel like I'm in the middle between my partner and my friend? What are your thoughts? I'm always deeply terrified for them. And I think I'm so sorry you're in this situation. <laughs> I find the idea of that for anybody very just stressful even to think of. But yeah, I, I tend not to give advice, but I'm kind of like, I kind of ask them like, how do you deal with it? And they're just like, I just have to do things with them separately. They just can't be together. And I just have to engage with them separately. And that's that's so sad in a sense. But then on the other hand, I'm like, do you know what? Though it's kind of good for in a relationship people to have their, their separate things that they do. And I guess the fact that you can have strong relationships with both of them is still a good thing. But it is kind of sad, you know, those big milestone moments, they can't share with two of the most important people in their lives. They have to choose to spend it with one person and then have the other person miss out or do it separately. And and in that way, it can feel a bit inauthentic. I mostly just wish them the best. And <laughs> I hope the situation works out. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, girl, that sounds rough. Let me know how that goes. <laughs> Literally. It could, yeah, it could be really tricky. Now for you, what were some things that you did or lessons maybe we can take from the book in terms of what not to do if you are trying to mediate that relationship. And again, maybe we can't have them be friends, but at least kind of keep things civil. What are some things that you find women doing that maybe don't necessarily help or are actively unhelpful in trying to kind of mediate that relationship? I think forcing them to be together at the same time in order to try and make the relationship work or that, that situation work, I think is a terrible idea as seen in the book. I think also sort of playing them off each other, but that is not helpful because they're then questioning your loyalty or they have been questioning your character and that can just feel like they're dealing with a person entirely alien to them and what you can end up with is that they ultimately end up against you as opposed to being against each other Mm, interesting yes always tricky to navigate and let me ask you if there's a person who's about to read this book they're on the fence what is that you feel like they should know about the experience or a reason that you think they might benefit from allowing themselves to experience this world? The number one seller, I think, that I always give people is it's really short. (laughs) Um, But the more serious, realistic answer, I would say is that it's it doesn't give any answers. It leaves it all out on the floor for you to think about. Instead of creating a scenario and then closing up neatly, it kind of gives you a more realistic view of things. 
not everything has a conclusion or a neat tidy ending. And I think if you want a book that makes you think and also kind of toys with your allegiances and makes you think about the idea of perspective and how it's used, I think that you would really enjoy it. And it's also, I think, as you have a book club, it's a good book club one. <laughs> good to talk about and yeah. see yes. if, if your friend will still be your friends after you've talked about it or if you're like, how dare you be on the side of this person and be yeah. longer friends. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was going to say it has all the elements of a perfect book club book because that discussion is pretty much, I feel like you're going to learn things about the people who are in the room. I think that you might rethink your position because you're like, wait a second, you guys don't all clearly see this the way I do. And I think that makes for great discussion. So it's it's so the perfect book for any women who are gathering to have some good conversation. And I appreciate for that. I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. Is that okay? Mm. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so the first question is, what is your favorite thing to do with friends? Like if you're leaving the house, what is your favorite thing to do with friends? It's one of two things. It's probably go to the cinema, but then again, I do that by myself sometimes anyway. But most of the time it's going out to eat, especially if it's a place where someone has a deal or mm-hmm. a discount code or something. Perfect. Even better. Or like when they're like, oh, you know, we just had this extra hot bread that we want to give you. When they give you warm bread in a restaurant, oh, I'm coming back easily, yeah. easily always coming back. <laughs> Oh, you're easy. You're easy. Warm bread, customer for life. <laughs> yes. Yes. Love it. Okay. When you're meeting a new woman, what is something that she can say or do that has you thinking, oh, we could be friends? It's going to sound really bad and quite toxic. But if she makes like a shady comment about something that's really funny, then I'm like, oh, yeah, I found my person. <laughs> <laughs> because people who are like quietly savage, I think are the best people in the world. If she'll say something like that, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Love that. I totally feel that. Yes. Okay. What is your favorite book, movie, or show that portrays women's friendships? Ooh. I think it's not necessarily portraying them in a positive way, but I think it's a really good book about women's friendships. The Neapolitan series by Elena Ferrante, like My Brilliant Friend, those mm-hmm. who even those who stay, the ones that are made into HBO shows, even though I've only seen actually the first season, but the books are amazing. And it shows the tumultuous ways in which friendships can sort of ebb and flow and the ways they can shape us and how perspective allows us to look back on them and realize certain things about them that maybe we didn't realize before, which I think is really interesting. I'm trying to think, uh, Insecure for TV show, hands down, easily, mm-hmm. easily, easily, easily. Mm-hmm. The feud between Molly and Issa in that last season was 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 stressful for me. I, I felt my heart breaking. I was like, you guys need to get it together because we don't have that many episodes left, please. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good choices. And then the last question would be, how would your friends describe you? Oh, Lord. They would say I'm annoying, but in a good way. <laughs> they would probably call me the grammar police because I have this really annoying, but really fun habit. Personally, it's fun for me. But if someone says something wrong, like they're like misspeak and they'll say a word that they didn't mean to say, I'll point it out because I just have to and like laugh at it because I can't help myself. But mm-hmm. I take it as good as I give it. So if they do this thing to me, it's fine. They'd probably say I'm, <laughs> maybe they would say I'm an aggressive complimenter, but I have a, I have a tattoo on my wrist that says TY, the sounds for thank you. And I have to have this thing with women where I really, want them to learn to take, I want us to learn to take compliments better. Our initial instinct is always to deflect and to be like, oh, well, I don't know, or maybe, or, you know, one of my friends, I'll be like, oh, your hair looks really good. She's like, oh yeah, I washed it today or something like that. I'm like, well, it's a, yeah, you did. But also you can just say, yeah, thanks. My hair does look good. I think we're often told and raised to be, whether on purpose or by mistake, or just because of the world we live in, to be a lot more meek and to not take a lot of compliments and to always defer and be really humble. 
But I think Issa Rae said it best when she did it in her speech. And she was just, she just kind of, that speech when she won an award and she was like, I'm, I'm winning this because I deserve it. I worked really hard. This is all me. And so I like pointing to that tattoo when I, I'll say to my friends, I'll like you to be nice something like that. And they'll be like, oh, I'll just point so I don't have to waste my breath anymore. Mm. And they'll be like, oh, thank you. Well, I think those are, are all great qualities and I'm sure they love you for it. And this has been uh, such a good conversation. And we're so looking forward to discussing your book in the Friend Forward group chat. And it's also such a treat that you will be there to chat through it with us. So I appreciate you for that. Thank you for having me. All right, ladies, I enjoyed my conversation with Ori so much. And it was more of like a kiki, just like girls chatting. But I do want to hook you up with some tangible things here. If you find yourself stuck in the middle between a friend you love very much and a partner you're very much committed to, just three things to keep in mind. The first tangible thing is this. I want you to try not to force them to be best friends. Like, I respect your optimism. I love it. We need that in this world. But if it's pretty clear that these two do not have a fondness for one another and it's been that way for a while, stop trying to arrange little meet cutes to get them together and put them in shared spaces if they really don't have to be. Because friendship is a totally optional relationship. And so in this case, that still stands. They would have to want to opt in from their own willingness and sometimes forcing them to share spaces unnecessarily might not be as helpful as you think that it would be. The second thing I want you to do is to be mindful of how often you vent to one about the other. Now, this is tricky because we should be able to go to our friends to help us gain perspective when we're in an argument with our romantic partner. In fact, the research shows that having friendships actually strengthens your romantic relationship because it stabilizes the relationship. But what do you do when you know that neither party is going to be an advocate for the other? If you know that your friend is just not a fan, is it going to be helpful in the long run to talk down about him to her? Like it feels good to have her validated in the moment, but are you only just like fueling her justifications for not liking him and vice versa? It's just something you want to be cautious of doing during heightened moments of frustration because it might end up causing more issues. And the final thing I'm going to encourage you to do is start to really assess the feedback that each one gives you about the other. Now, hopefully you're drawing boundaries and making sure that you don't create a space where they each get to talk crap about the other one right? To maintain, you know, respect for one another and to maintain harmony in the group. But if they are giving you feedback about the other, I want you to listen with an open heart. Are they saying things to you that are sentiments echoed by other people in your life? And when you ask them really why they're not a fan of this other person, what are they saying? What are the reasons? Are they saying things like, you know, I don't like the way that other person treats you. I don't like who you are when you're together. I think this person is negatively influencing you and here are all the ways. So think about, is it more about, is there a jealousy? Is it just their particular preferences? Like, you know, I hate that he chews so loud and he's really annoying, you know? Or is it like he mistreats you and that's really difficult for me to watch? Try to listen carefully to the essence of what they're saying to you and kind of go from there. Okay, so ladies, as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. Being in this situation can be really tricky, but I want you to think of just one thing you can either begin doing or stop doing that will increase the harmony 
of the dynamic of the three of y'all, even if by only one or two degrees. And I want you to commit to doing that for a solid two weeks and just see how things go. Okay, even if it's just managing tensions and not necessarily making them best friends, but we've got to do something to maintain the peace, whole group. Okay, so if this episode has been resonating with you, or if you have a completely different friendship issue that you want us to bring to the table here at Friend Forward, I hope you'll reach out to us. Come over and talk to me. You know, I love a good voice note on Instagram at Friend Forward, or you can visit us anytime 24 7 at betterfemalefriendships.com. Until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time.